Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Dory with you, Jim D. Eugenio with us. Jim, what do you think the significance was of replacing the brain of President Kennedy? Well, if you add up all the witnesses, okay, I think there's 13 of them on the record, they'll tell you that it was uh, it was a severely damaged specimen. And I believe that the main reason was that they wanted to conceal all the damage to JFK's head, okay, which I believe, and, and other physicians I've talked to about this agree, that would probably show more than one bullet struck Kennedy, you know, in the skull. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the significance of it, I believe. You might be right about that. And, uh, yes. Let me ask you a question about Oswald. I've got my doubts over whether he was part of the assassination. But the one thing I can't figure out is the J.D. Tippett police officer murder that so many people say Oswald did. What do you think of that? Well, (laughs) you know, if you, you take a look at the timing factor of when Oswald was supposed to have left the rooming house on Beckley Street, to the distance, which is almost a mile, to Tenth and Patton, okay, which is where the shooting took place, I have a very hard time believing that Oswald could have negotiated that distance, you know, in the time that, you know, that most of the witnesses say that the Tippett murder took place. You know, that's that's one problem. 
You know, and then there's another thing about the shells not matching the bullets. Okay. You know, um, there's, there's, um, there's a difference in that there's more shells from one, one company than there are bullets, you know, from, <laughs> from that same company. Jeez. All right. And so those don't add up. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of witnesses who were silenced, like Attila Clemens, who was one of the best witnesses. And she said that there were two men involved in the, in, in the murder of Tippett. Okay. So, you know, I think there's a lot of problems with the one commission case, you know, that of, of Oswald, you know, shooting J.D. Tippett, you know. So, you know, we can go on and on on this because there's, uh, there's, there's so many problems with that case. You know, then, you know, his, there were fingerprints that were developed off the car and they weren't Oswald's. Okay. You know, et cetera, et cetera. And wasn't the reporter Dorothy Kilgallen, who may have been killed over this, wasn't she ready to go with a big story? Well, she, according to a lot of sources, that she did have, she was collecting a file, you know, on the case. And one of the last things she said after going down to New Orleans is that I'm going to break this case if it's the last thing that I do, you know. And, you know, to give her a lot of credit, there there were very, very, in fact, I can't think of anybody else, you know, who in the MSM, and she was part of the MSM, you know, who wrote as many stories as she did concerning uh, concerning the, the JFK case. She even had a chance to interview Jack Ruby. Right. She was down at the trial, okay, and her and the lawyers, um, you know, Belli, you know, and uh, and there was another guy, I can't remember his name. Um, they let her interview Ruby for a few minutes, yes. There was a petty officer from the Navy. Her name was Sandy Spencer, who developed some film. Tell me about her importance in all of this. <laughs> Sandy Spencer, is inc- this is an incredible story, which only surfaced because of the review board. If you can believe it, Sandy Spencer was never mentioned in the Warren Commission. And I don't think she was even talked about by the House Select Committee. You know, her name only came up, you know, in the span of the review board, 1994 to 1998. She told them that she saw pictures of JFK's autopsy that did not look like the official pictures. She was a photo processor at the Anacostia Photographic Center, which was the Pentagon Center, okay? And that did not look at all like the official photographs of the JFK case. She said that they looked like they were almost cleaned up, okay? They compared to the official photographs, you know, like he was getting ready to be embalmed or something, all right? And then she said that in, and this is a real mind boggler. She said in one of the pictures that she saw of him in that condition, there was a brain in the foreground. Okay. You know, I mean, Jeremy Gunn, who was the chief counsel of the, uh, of the review board, told Doug Horn 
who was cooperating with him on the medical evidence, that he thought Sandy Spencer was the most important witness and the best witness that the review board interviewed. Okay. Is she still alive or did she pass? No, she passed away. She passed away. Believe me, if she was still alive, I'd recommend you get her on the show. And we would. And we would. This is just truly amazing. We're coming up on 60 years, Jim. 60 years since this happened. It's only four months, four or five months. That's it. You know, until it's 60 years. Weren't there other places that they tried to kill Kennedy? Uh, in, In the film... We tried to do something on this, okay, and the fact that there were, there seemed to be strong evidence that there were previous assassination attempts on JFK, all right, and one of them, okay, was in Tampa, okay, one of them was in Chicago, Mm -hmm. all right, and there was probably another one in Miami, which we did we didn't get to deal with. Okay, so if you if you measure up this evidence, and the most the most evidence we have on those is the Chicago plot, which I'm sure you've talked about on your show. Yeah, that that very much. If you study that, what's so strange about that? So almost incredible to to believe. Is that the outlines of that plot, the design, seem to resemble what happened in Dallas? Okay, you have the the limousine getting off an expressway ramp, going by a tall building. You have the guy who was probably going to be the designated Patsy in Chicago, a guy named Arthur Belay, you know, who was supposed to be in that building. And he has a background that was very similar to Oswald's, okay, that he was a trainer, you know, that he was in the service before, that he was stationed on a base that had housed the U-2. You know, can, can these all be just coincidences, you know? All right. And it was supposed to be what the landlady saw was a group of Cuban exiles okay, who was who had rifles with them okay and she reported them uh to the fbi and that's one of the reasons that the plot was uncovered all right so but it was covered up this was in the first week of november i believe november the third all right if this wouldn't have covered up then it's it's hard to believe that dallas could have happened because there were so many similarities between the two plots i've always said about this this whole confluence of these assassination attempts, that the net result is this. Kennedy was not getting out of 1963. They were going to do it one way or the other, no matter how many times they tried. Yeah, they weren't going to stop. Right. It's not going to stop until they succeed. Okay, that's essentially what it was. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And one of the things they wanted to do was to shut down Bobby Kennedy, and they did that by killing John. Yes, that, you know, that was, if you, um, if you saw the film, we had David Talbot talk about this, you know, and Bobby Kennedy, I guess you could say, was the first critic of the official story. Because on the day of the assassination, he calls up John McCone, the director of the CIA at the time, and he says, were your guys involved in this horror? All right. Wow. Then he then he calls in one of the Cuban exiles, Terry Ruiz. All right. And he starts questioning him about it. And then later on, he put one of his guys, you know, on an investigation of the mob to see if they were. And so was, Bobby Kennedy was was way ahead of everybody on this thing. He knew. And then, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally believe that, that he knew that the, the Oswald thing was a cover story. But then J. Edgar Hoover, once, once Bob, once JFK was dead, J. Edgar Hoover now did not have 
to listen to anything Bobby Kennedy said, and he ripped out his private line into his office like a week and a half after the assassination. All right, and so any control that Bobby Kennedy would have had over the FBI investigation was now gone. Now, one of the most interesting things about this, and I'm sure you're familiar with this story I'm about to tell you, is that a few days after the assassination, Bobby Kennedy left a message for William Walton, who was going on a culture ambassadorship to Moscow. And he called him to his house in Hickory Hill. And he said, please stop by before you leave. So when Walton got there, Bobby Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy were sitting at the dining room table, you know, and they had composed letters meant to go to the Kremlin in Moscow. And he was going to get them to there through this George Bolshikov guy, mm-hmm. who Bobby Kennedy knew. And the, the essence of the letters was, although, but he's saying Lee Harvey Oswald was responsible for this, we know that this was a large domestic conspiracy, all right? We also know that unlike with President Kennedy, you will not be able to continue your detente with Lyndon Johnson because he is much too beholden to big business for you to do that. But very shortly, I will resign as attorney general. I will then run for office. Then I will go ahead and run for the presidency. And at that time, we will be able to continue the work that my brother and you were doing on this. Wow. I mean, that's how smart Bobby Kennedy was. <laughs> Can you believe that? You know, to be able to predict all that stuff in it. He yeah. knew. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. When you put together Destiny Betrayed about Jim Garrison, what led Garrison, Jim, to try to find out what was going on? Well, because what what happened is that in New Orleans, okay, and, and it's incredible that this got left out in the Warren Commission, but it did. You know, the, the, the thing that struck Garrison is if Lee Harvey Oswald is supposed to be a communist, why is he hanging out with all of these Cuban exiles, you know, who want to see Castro overturned, all right, in Cuba? Handing out leaflets, fair play for Cuba. <laughs> yeah. Why is he hanging out with these Cuban exiles, and why is he, why is he stamping this 544 Camp Street, when in fact, when Garrison went down there, you know, he discovers that, wait a minute, Guy Bannister had his office, you know, at this address. So why is a supposed communist have all these conservative right-wing kind of, uh, you know, ties to people that he shouldn't be going near? Okay, and so the more he dug into this, Okay, the more he was convinced that Oswald was really what you call in the trade an agent provocateur, you know, somebody who was faking, you know, being a communist, but he was really some kind of a government agent. And that's, of course, one of the whole keystones of the JFK case. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. The CIA essentially set up Oswald. Do you, do you think Oswald knew what was happening 
No. I, I, I think that day, on the day of the assassination, I think he realized very quickly what was happening. All right. And I think that's why he, when he, when he went, uh, to his boarding house there, that he took out his handgun. Okay. And then, you know, went to a theater. All right. And, and I think he was waiting for somebody to get in contact with him. Now, I'm, I'm sure you know about the famous call to, uh, I think his name was William Hurt. Okay. No, John Hurt. John. On Saturday, John Hurt, right. On Saturday night, Oswald tried to make a phone call to John Hurt in North Carolina. Okay. John Hurt was a former military officer. Oswald wrote down his name and his phone number and gave it to one of the secretaries. Okay. That this is a phone call that he wanted to make. The Secret Service took a look at this, and they vetoed the phone call. But one of the secretaries took the paper out and kept it. And that's how we know that on Saturday night, Oswald was trying to contact this guy. Now, how on earth, George, how on earth did he know about this guy? You know, exactly. isn't that incredible? It, it is. And on when he came out on film and said he was a patsy, don't we have voice stress analysis equipment available today, Jim, to analyze that to see if he was lying or not with that one well, word? Somebody already somebody already did it. There was a guy named O'Toole, okay, who wrote a book about that subject. And he took the PSC, all right, and he went ahead and measured that statement. And he said that Oswald was telling the truth. Wow. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.